Hey, and just a quick reminder that the audio-only versions of these Vital MX interviews are available on the Vital MX podcast page. Search for it anywhere you get your pods and let your friends know about it. Hey guys, it's Jamie back with another Rider Podcast for Vital MX. This time I've got Pro Circuit Kawasaki's Joe Shimoda on the phone. What's going on, Joe? I'm good. Uh, how are you guys? Doing good, man. You've been out riding. You're taking a week off. How's this How's this break break doing you? Um, it's good to have some time off because um, uh, just, you know, long season. So, um, and for me, it's like I can try to test some stuff during the off week and try to make it better. Absolutely. Now, the idea on this interview, I want to get a little bit of your history, just kind of know where you came from a little bit. Obviously, we know you grew up in Suzuka, Japan, and I want to know how you discovered motocross to begin with. Um, honestly, I didn't really know about any two-wheel or motorsports. Um, it was pretty much all from my dad. Uh, when he was younger age, he used to ride a motorcycle, and then, yeah, one day... Um, it was after Christmas. He got me a little bike to ride with. And uh, honestly, I was just riding for fun for a long time. And and now I guess we're, we're, we're here racing. <laughs> yeah, I got serious eventually. Like What I found interesting was your parents started bringing you to the United States when you were young, like on 65s to race some of the big nationals, the amateur nationals. I feel like that had to be exciting for you, uh, but also difficult for the family. Yeah, like like I said, I like even when I came here, like I didn't really know. I, I don't think I was taking motocross like seriously at that age. You know, we I, I got to watch some supercross and in practice, and I got to do one race here, and and yeah, just just. I was going with the flow wherever my parents were taking me to. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, at that age, I guess that's what kids do anyway, normally. Yeah. So, Once you did start getting into it, was there a very big or popular motocross scene in Japan? Were there good tracks? Uh, there's some good tracks, decent tracks. I, um, I loved this track called Sugo. Um, that's... That's uh, one of the uh, one of the biggest tracks in Japan. Yeah, I feel like that's. Yeah, some tracks are good over there. So, was the racing competition good? Were you, were you honing your skills there, or did most of your competition come when you were in the United States? No, I uh, I guess I guess I was winning a lot of races there when I was little, mm-hmm. and. And yeah, I, I I've been telling this story to like so many people. <laughs> uh, yeah, whenever when, when I came here for the first time, um, it was ten days. <clears throat> uh, I I think I pretty much rode every single day from Monday to to Friday, maybe Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then there was this race called a uh, Gold Cup, mm-hmm. if you know what that is. Yep. Yeah. So there was. Yeah, so I raced that actually in the last day um, of the trip, and then uh, notice, you know, um, I was pretty much like seven to ten seconds slower per lap than the current like riders like Pierce uh, Robertson, like all these guys that I'm racing against right now. At that moment, like my dad got kind of fired up, and it, all right, we gotta, <laughs> gotta race here. Oh, I like that. Yeah, the dad gets fired up. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, 
well, once you start, like say, getting into it and taking it more serious, did, was it always the idea to come stay in the United States? Did you ever consider the GPs? No, I, 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 I uh, like I said, I didn't know any. Like, mm. <clears throat> I didn't know what Supercross or Motocross or MXGP was. Yeah, like mostly, like my parents are. My, my parents like found it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like big amateur races like Loretta Lynn's. Um, yeah, in my my opinion, like I never thought I was going to be like living in the United States or even racing. So, um, but now I look at it and now I like know the sport well. I feel like, you know, if I had that knowledge back then, yeah, I, I still choose to race in United States for sure. Okay. Uh, I have a... A question. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't really follow the GPs very much until this season, and it sounds like you didn't when you were younger. And I've been kind of curious with four of the major OEMs being Japanese brands, why do you think there hasn't been more successful Japanese riders? Is there anything behind that that you can think of? I don't know. Um, yeah, people ask me that question a mm. lot. Like, I get that question a lot. Manufacturers are made from Japan. Um, but yeah, there is no Japanese rider that's like super competitive in like in the world. Yeah, other than you. Sure, like there's few, but not a lot. Sure. I don't know. Actually, it's the. Hmm. Well, because you, you think like they put so much money and effort into into building the best bikes they can to be competitive, you would kind of think that Honda Suzuki would say, Hey, we're going to find these young Japanese riders and we're going to kind of help, you know, uh, grow them as they're start them out young and farm them into being our riders. But it doesn't really work that way, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I wonder why though, because <laughs> we have uh, a uh, racer in formula one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Moto MotoGP, but no moto, no motocross. Well, you're it's, the you're the representative, Joe. You're you're killing it. <laughs> thank you, but yeah, it's really questionable for sure. Oh come on, you're 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 fantastic. Um, I want to ask you, what do you remember the most about those Loretta years coming to the United States? I know your your grasp of the English language has much improved, but it was probably very difficult. You were unfamiliar with the country. Uh, you know, how were you treated? Did you did you have a lot of enjoyment in those years? Um, in my case, it was it was a little bit tough. Like like you said, on the English part, um, I I did go to a public school for four years, I think, mm-hmm. and then I switched to online school. Um, yeah, but when I, when I did go to those uh, public school, I literally no no had no time to do both really like really good like i like i wanted to study but i had writing but like sometimes it's like i have writing but i have some stuff to work on uh from school so with with starting whole another new language it's definitely hard for sure i can imagine and yeah you probably a little homesick i want to know when you did start coming to the united states did you have an image in your mind of how America would be from movies and did it did it did it equal what you thought it would be or was it different? Honestly, I'm I'm pretty surprised how 
how people are open-minded here. Like, um, love how like in a public where you say just hello no, to random like random people. Mm-hmm. They're just super nice, you know. Like, it's rare to see that in Japan. So, um, for my English part, I think also like with with American people being like that, super nice and chill. That kind of helped me live easier here. Yeah, I probably built some confidence. You weren't so nervous, maybe, and you you knew that they were going to be accepting. Yeah, like they accept my language. And like, just I was horribly sk- speaking at that time. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done a good job, man. I've certainly noticed the improvements over the years. So, yeah, you you've done very well. Appreciate that. Yeah. You did finally win a Loretta Lynn's championship in uh, 2016 in the Super Mini 2 class. And then over your career, I think you had seven overall podiums, top three. So to me, that's that's a very successful amateur career. You have to, I'm sure you agree. And at some point, Amsoil Factory Connection, Honda picks you up with some support. What did that mean to your family to get that support and that help? For my family, I'm just simply happy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, especially my dad, because he knew the sport for a long time. So, like, he was really pumped, like, one of the best team out there. Um, when when I signed with um, Amzo, Geico, Honda, um, for myself, that's when I took everything a little more serious. Like, okay, like, I feel like I, okay, motocross is going to be my job. And, then, and uh, yeah, at that moment, I took everything more serious. I find that really interesting that it was once you got the support that you started taking it serious because, you know, in this country, I mean, kids are taking it serious at five years old, it seems like, and they don't even have any support yet. And you, you got support without it being as serious. And that's when you shifted gears. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, not like, yeah, whenever I ride, I try to be, I try to have the right mindset to do it, but it's not like I never thought I would be like, uh, riding, for, riding for like super top level team, and maybe you know have a chance to be be the star here, you know. So, um, yeah, when when I got the ride, it's like okay, let's do this. I love that. I love that. Well, you made your pro debut in 2019 at Unadilla with Geico Honda, and over the years, you got your first Supercross win in 2021 at Salt Lake City. Uh, a couple of motocross overalls in 22. So you've had a lot of success. We've watched you get better every year. Uh, and yeah, you have your, your confidence is building. And I love seeing that. And I do believe you're a championship contender at this point every season. Do you believe you're a championship contender? I mean, <clears throat> don't want to be too cocky, but at some point, yeah, you have to believe yourself. And, and yeah, I, I believe I can, you know, I have good opportunity with the team and I believe I can do it someday. Yeah. Just a few more questions for you. And you just mentioned with the team, obviously pro circuit, Mitch Payton picked you up. And when they did after Geico closed their doors, I think you, things were a little uncertain at the time and you got this quote unquote fill in ride and you were one of the best riders on the team, if not the best rider that season. And now you arguably are the leader or the star of the team. Uh, obviously, Cameron McAdoo is very good and Fortner's coming back, but you're you're kind of the guy. Does that add any pressure to you or does it feel the same? You're Joe Shimoda and you know, you know, you, you do it, take everything the same no matter what. No, I don't, I don't really care about like other 
um, people that's on the team. Mm-hmm. Like I don't compare myself like that, but yeah, um, like I said, um, I I do have a good team behind me, and I have opportunity to be one of the best out there. So, um, even though there's a lot of fast teammates around me, um, but you know, I just whenever I go to the races, I just stick to my program and then um, try to bring my potential. So I don't really. I feel like I don't really get pressured by the teammates. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just a couple more. Currently, you're fourth place outdoors. Uh, you ca- you're coming off of a collarbone injury from Supercross. Obviously, that really just threw a monkey wrench, as they say, into your season. Do you feel like you're 100% healthy right now and ready to go? Or are we still kind of trying to get back to 100%? I don't, to be honest, like, I don't really know what's hundred percent is. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a good answer actually. Yeah. To your question, I, I did do nothing for five weeks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of story behind it, but yeah, just, I mean, once you get injured, like the, the hardest part is not the, not like the physical stuff that drops. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, like your physical is like definitely uh, gets weaker, but just kind of get trying to bring the confidence back again. Um, it's like if you like, you know, go over the bar or something, and then you have a feeling of okay, you don't want to, you don't want to do that stuff again. So it's like kind of comes through your head while riding. Yep. And uh, the the most like struggling part is to get rid of that. And that takes time. So the injuries are, yeah, tough, tough yeah. to deal with. Yeah, it's not just physical; it's mental, also. Yeah, it's those little doubts that mm-hmm. you have. You know, of hard course. to get rid of. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, so yeah, last question for you: If you could go back in time and talk to ten-year-old Joe Shimoda, what's a piece of advice you would give yourself? <laughs> ten-year-old myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like, I think, I feel like I grew up like putting myself, I'm, I'm behind right now. Like I see these fast kids around me, like more than five seconds faster. So I always like thought myself, okay, I need to do better. Like even like when you, when I practice, it's like, I still suck anyway. (laughs) Okay. So instead of that, um, I feel like I want to tell my myself more, more like you're fine. Like be you instead of chase, trying to chase so many things, caring about uh, other stuff. I feel like that's, that's going to make, you know, the kids more free to ride. And then it's fun. That's a fantastic piece of advice, Joe. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I appreciate you coming on here and doing this for me. Look forward to seeing you at Redbud in just a few days, man. We're almost there. But thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. All right. You have a good night, Joe. Thank you. See you.